things that have happened to me, things that have been done to me, wounds that I've received and wounds that I've caused. But it's our exactly. vocation as Christians, especially to practice the virtue of justice by making it a proactive, just as part of the mission of our life to reconcile, yes. to be ministers of reconciliation. Yeah, amen. And and so what we have to say, you know, this phrase that we've embraced from the begin very beginning is there is a cross for that, you know. Yes. yes. There is a cross. We get a, a t-shirt with that, Kenny. It's true. There's a, a cross for that. Hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Brodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, bringing to you another discussion about this, our daily task of walking in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, walking with the Lord on that path of the cross. As we've been talking about, Kenny Burchard and I, Kenny, I ran out of sweaters, so here I am this <laughs> week, sweaterless, uh, but man. You, you're looking good, man. Good to be talking it's, with you again this week. It's lumberjack weather, you know, so that's, I don't know if this is nice exactly spot. the lumberjack wor- uh, um, <laughs> vibe, but it, I feel like it is. So that's, It looks that's like it could matters. withstand some wintry winds, I'm thinking. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Great to see yeah. you again. Yeah, you too. So we're continuing the path, the cruciform path of discipleship this week. Last yes. week we talked about family life and, and the... Uh, parenting in particular, you know, the crosses involved with that and and how we're helping mm-hmm. our children to get ready for their own crosses in life, their own path. Talked yeah. about the two families, you know, our first parents that fell and the holy family that, that ushered in our redemption. A good, really yes. good stuff. I've, I've been really enjoying this conversation. So where are we going today? Me too. Well, I was thinking as I was preparing for this episode, Personally, I think this is the hardest discussion we've had so far or will be the hardest discussion we've had so far. That may not be true for everybody, but Mm -hmm. what we want to talk about today is the cruciform nature of uh, reconciliation in relationships with everybody or how to bring the cross, especially into relationships where there's been a wound, an offense, uh, that we've been sinned against or we have sinned against mm-hmm. someone else who we're not married to, our, our children. Um, I mean, um, this is really, really, really where the rubber meets the road in terms of Christian discipleship. It, it fleshes out, if you will, in a, a very real way in our human relationships outside of our family. So maybe we could look right. at this as you know con- concentric circles, our relationship with God, we need a cross for that. Our relationship with our, our spouse, we, we have a cross for that. Our relationship uh, with our, our parents and children, there's a cross for that. But that's not where the circles stop. And God is widening the circle because God is interested in bringing the whole human race into relationship with, with him. Yeah. And the New Testament says he has given us the ministry of, of reconciliation. So that's kind of where we're headed today. How does the cross inform especially broken relationships with other people? Yeah. That sounds great. And one, one thing I'll just throw out there, <laughs> you know, last year we had a 
we did a study through the the cardinal virtues, my brother, Father Peter, mm. and I. And one of the things mm-hmm. that we focused on a lot was that second cardinal virtue of justice. And the way, you know, the, all these can be described different ways, but the way I like to think of the virtue of justice is precisely it's about this reality of the web of relationships we live in. That that's part of our very vocation as a human being, as a personal human being, that we we always live in relationship. In fact, that's the, that's the truest, perhaps the most significant aspect of our being is that we are persons in relationship with other persons and part of so that so how do we grow in the virtue of justice how do we practice it well it's recognizing that web of relationships it's putting them in order and you just kind of gave us the order that we're walking through as part of this discussion but then Mm -hmm. it's doing right according to the nature of those relationships and then a step further it's then putting those relationships back in order and reconciling them healing them when they're out of order and mm-hmm. we always find ourselves in a state where they're a little out of order. You know, the, the priority list is goofed up. And then even as we're putting them in order, we recognize, well, then, okay, there's, there's, there's a series of broken pieces of these relationships. As you said, things mm-hmm. that have happened to me, things that have been done to me, wounds that I've received, and wounds that I've caused. But it's our exactly. vocation as Christians especially to practice the virtue of justice by making it a proactive just it's part of the mission of our life to reconcile, yes. to be ministers of reconciliation. Yeah, amen. And and so what we have to say, you know, this phrase that we've embraced from the begin- very beginning is there is a cross for that, you know. Yes, yes. There is a cross. Get a t-shirt with that, Kenny. It's true. <laughs> There's a cross for that, you know. Um, and and there really is. And, and, and this is, I guess, is part of the the pursuit of a life of discipleship is to look for the cross, right? Uh, when something happens uh, in my life, whether I have sinned or been sinned against, uh, I have to look for the cross there. The cross will inform me uh, as to what my responsibility is in whatever has happened there. And there's a, there's a verse for this, uh, a text for this in Scripture. Uh, maybe I could could start with. Um, I'm going to read a few verses today sure. of Scripture that I think are some of the hardest verses in the Bible um, because they, they, they remove us from the world of, let's say, ethereal, personal spirituality where I just feel close to God by myself. And they drop me down into the world of reality where other people live <laughs> who, <laughs> who, <laughs> who irritate me or I irritate them. And they give me some responsibility for interacting with people in a cruciform way, in a, a Jesus-looking way. Uh, so, so the first one, though, that kind of really sets the whole agenda here is in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, beginning at verse 14 and ending at verse 21. And it says, bless, again, this will be the hardest, one of the hardest verses of text of the Bible. Think about it. Here it says, bless those who persecute you, Bless and do not curse them. I give up right now. Um, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, Live peaceably with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. 
For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Stop. Ouch. I mean, that's hard. That is hard living. That's cruciform living right there. And there's so much cross imagery inside of that text. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack there. Do you want, before, before I do anything else, any, any thoughts as you hear that, uh, scripture read there? Sure. Well, just uh, that this is this high calling that we have. These crosses are going to be part of life. Um, again, mm-hmm. everybody experiences these, you know, pagans and Christians alike. They're going to experience brokenness. Exactly. They're going to experience enemies. They're going to experience all that. Uh, but we're mm-hmm. called to... Uh, to enter into those realities in a different way, uh, and it's not something we right. can do on our own, but we have we have in Christ the example and the grace to do that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and Jesus makes this part of our witness to the world when he right. says uh, that all men, all people, will know that you are my disciples. Okay, we need to pause there for a second. Disciple means what? Disciple means I am carrying my cross behind Jesus. Okay, all people will know that you're carrying your cross behind Jesus if you love one another. Wow, which tells you that that's not easy. It isn't. It is not easy. I mean, it's it's so easy to put love one another on a bumper sticker, but it's the hardest thing in the world to do because it because we're all in some ways broken uh, broken and our brokenness is bumping into other people's brokenness all the time you know you can yeah. go back to marriage right here one thing that i would say to married couples often who who had marriage problems is i'd say well you have marriage problems cuz you have bob problems and sue problems and bob problems and sue problems are running into each other yeah. all the time and it's yeah. also the reason why we have broken relationships because there are things in my life that aren't there yet and things in other people's lives we live in the same world we our lives overlap and intersect at some point bad stuff's going to happen and jesus yeah. says everyone will know the whole world so it's it's our witness everyone will know that you're carrying your cross behind me that you're my disciples if you love one another right but there's an activity involved in that it's not that you'll feel love toward one another the the scripture we just read gives us the recipe for active love yeah. and it's the reason that it's cruciform is because Jesus does it first or i could say it this way god mm-hmm. in christ loves his enemies first and in that yeah. way shows us how to do it i love that bit there about the, the heaping burning coals upon your enemy's head by doing mm-hmm. doing good mm-hmm. to them right and i, I don't I don't think we are to read that as "ha <laughs> kill him with kindness." Like this is gonna, it's it reminds me a bit of our first discussion where it's well, what are we to do? How are we to respond to the evil that's in human history and human relationships that passes from person to person to person to person throughout history and mm-hmm. ends up getting to me? And we have mm-hmm. two options: like we can continue the chain, we can receive the evil. Be resentful, be angry, and pass it on right back to that person or on to other people. We can continue mm-hmm. to spread the sin. Or, in imitation mm-hmm. of Christ, 
we can neither neither shrink away from that nor fight you know you know get angry and get back at them we can mm-hmm. receive it and take it to the cross and so in doing so again that it's when you're able to be patient with that person when you're able to be kind to that person who's again they're 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 sinning or they're acting out of their own wounds there's some pain there but it's a healing sort of pain right to be able to to yeah. unload on someone and to receive kindness back. The, the mm-hmm. point isn't here to, to kill them with kindness. The point is here is that that burning bit of charity that we've received and we try to pass on in an imitation of Christ, that that is the the instigator. That's the catalyst for healing in these relationships, mm-hmm. right? It sure is. Um, and there there is another word picture um, for that heaping of coals upon the head of the person who sins yeah. against you that isn't, um, necessarily about um, burning their head off, but rather um, there there is a picture of um, your your friend is lost in darkness and needs right. a light to get out of the darkness, and so by by coming to them as Jesus comes to us in order to reconcile, you put right. as it were a light on their head, a burning mm-hmm. coals on their head, you know, in some kind of vessel. So they can find their way home out of the darkness, and I've, I've heard mm-hmm. that um, there's some there's some um, historical cultural um, yeah. context that we're missing when we read this picture of burning coals. Well, what does it mean? Well, it can mean that you're giving your friend a light um, to yeah. see his way out of out of darkness, so that they mm-hmm. can return in in a sense to their own high calling. But mm-hmm. how it works you know this text in romans how it works in the everyday life is some in some very practical ways so he starts off with bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse them now again this whole discussion centers on the cruciform call to follow jesus and so what we want to try to do is see jesus in all of these texts first right so god is not asking me to do something that jesus hasn't done and this Mm, is why uh, the gospel writers record jesus as saying as you've been forgiven you have to forgive in other words as the same way that god has brought about redemption and restoration toward you now you turn and face your enemy with that same heart and well what's my enemy going to do to me well one thing is your your enemy or your your even your friend Jesus said my you know quoting the psalm my um, you know my friend lifted up his heel against me you know yeah. sometimes people closest to us are going to hurt us or persecute us or curse us you know in some way bring harm into our life and the cruciform picture there is Jesus is on the cross and he is surrounded by a reviling crowd cursing him, telling him to come off the cross. He saved others. He can't save himself. What does he do in that moment? Well, he starts praying for them. Oh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I, I think that prayer of Jesus has helped get me through a lot of stuff. because I, yeah. I would, But they do know, don't they? Don't they know what they're doing? I think a lot of times people really don't know the impact that their actions can have on us, and they don't yeah. take it into account uh, when when they sin against us. So we're invited to pray the prayer of Jesus for our own enemies. He he has a prayer. He says it while spiked to the cross. Forgive mm-hmm. 
they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And of course there's knowing and knowing, right? And we, we know this in ourselves. Like how, how do you know that you know something? How do you know what you yourself believe? Well, it's not as simple as just looking in your own mind. You, you look at what you do. You know, there's this interplay, mysterious interplay between our, our, our heads and our hearts. What do we really know? What are we really convicted by? Um, and part of what we need is the light of grace to have clarity in that. You know, oftentimes we, mm-hmm. we know what we're doing, but we don't, we can't fully grasp it. Um, and in any case, you know, that prayer, uh, that prayer of even giving others the benefit of the doubt. And that's, we have this imi- in imitation of Christ. You know, we, we, I think it might have been Kreeft or Lewis or Kreeft quoting Lewis, you know, always talks about how one of God, those smart guys, <laughs> God, uh, gives us, um, he always takes us to have have meant better than we did or something like that. You know, and the, the point is, is that we, we pray for others that in some in some part of their soul there's some good, there's some light, and we're asking God to fan that into flame, forgive them, bring them back, you know, and even again in the midst of our own persecution from them, can we imitate Christ in in, in blessing them rather than cursing them? Yeah, we're invited not to extend the brokenness beyond what it's already reached through the event yeah. that's happened or through the circumstances that have brought yeah. us to this point of brokenness. We're invited once that happens to stop it at, and so far as is possible with us to stop it and turn around and go the other way. That's right. the hard work. That's cruciform. That's cross-shaped because it, mm-hmm. in Christ, this is what God is doing with the human race. You know, big picture here, biblical story here is God's friend, God's own children, um, his, the human imagers that he created and gave them a world. They become rebels and enemies and, and they commit treachery against God who's given them everything. And, and what God doesn't do to them is abandon them. Humanity is not God forsaken. In, in their rebellion against God. Um, what God does is he turns toward humanity and says, in a sense, he says, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Um, I'll, I'll do it. I'll get in the mess and I'll fix this. And the whole biblical story is the story of God working toward redemption through a human family and getting to the cross and dealing with himself, taking upon himself the brokenness of the human race. Um, and that's huge. I mean, and that's the, that is, I would say, the hardest part for me, at least, of being a Christian. This is probably a really good place for me to take it out of the realm of, you know, the, the theological um, and, and remote and get down into the nitty gritty and say, I have been terribly hurt by other people in my life, not just other Christians, other human beings, people in my family. You know, people that I've known at work uh, in different contexts, and yes, people in churches. So I can say that over here, that I carry inside my own brain, memory, and soul um, knowledge of wounds that I've received from what other people have done to me, terrible things, some things. But I also know that there are people running around on planet Earth right now who, when they close their eyes and they think of a bad thing that happened to them, they can think about me. Like, my face will will come to mind. I know that to, to be true. And there's a cross for that. And my responsibility 
is, as Paul says in Romans, insofar as it is possible with you, be at peace with all people. And, you know, one of the texts in, um, in the Gospels in Matthew that we hear so often speaks to this, um, that there is a place where God will, will help us with this, and it's in the place of worship, um, in the place of going to, in the place of prayer. Um, so he says in Matthew 5.23, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there you remember your brother has something against you, verse 24, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come offer your gift. And somehow my faith, my worship of God, is going to trigger uh, memories of, in some translations, ought or problems between me Mm -hmm. and other people. And I am supposed to take action when that happens. Right. That And that really, I think that separates, probably in many cases, those people for whom their their religion is an ongoing journey deeper, uh, a a continual conversion, and those for Mm -hmm. whom it, it stagnates and goes stale. Because... Yeah, as we enter into that worship, into that prayer with God, one of the mm-hmm. effects of that faith is that we're prompted to do good works. We're prompted to reconcile. We're prompted to clean out our our, our house, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and the question is, will we respond? You know, there's the faith. Mm-hmm. There's there's trusting in the Lord. There's coming to Him in worship and in prayer and in repentance. But then then He prompts us. He turns us outward to say, okay, great. Now the, here's your here's your cross here's your cross here's your cross mm-hmm. and the question is do we pick mm-hmm. up the cross because if we don't then we're, mm-hmm. we're we've halted we've stopped the journey you know but that's that's that next yeah. step is what's the cross he's calling us to yeah. yeah and one of the one of the ways that this happens in relationships where one person hurts another I'll say it this way where I've been hurt or been the one who has hurt somebody in that exchange if they are in touch at all with their human brokenness, <laughs> is going to start thinking at some level about how they can get back at the other person or how they can bring equilibrium back into the power differential through doing something bad, you know, something right. vengeful, something to pay that person back for what they did. And it's almost impossible not to dream about that, think about it, ruminate on it, even talk to yourself about it when nobody else is around or when certain other people are, are around that you feel safe with to do it with them. Uh, this is a scheme of getting back at somebody and it nurses and nurtures hatred and bitterness and anger and evil. So now what I'm doing is I'm not participating in God's um program of bringing humanity back into relationship with him i've got my own program now i'm gonna get i'm gonna get that person back so this text in romans has a cross for that it says um beloved never avenge yourselves (laughs) it's like never that's a big (laughs) word never i mean come on there's got to be at least three or four maybe even one give me one you know, never <laughs> avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God or leave it to God who will bring uh, all things back into, uh, you know, their right balance, into justice. Um, right. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Um, but but it, does, it doesn't even stop there. It doesn't yeah. 
tell me to be passive. Uh, okay, right. don't take vengeance. Fine, I'll just sit at home and hate the person from a distance. Wait till God oh, no. gets, smites We're him. Not, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to pray some imprecatory prayers. Kill him, God, kill him, God. Oh, no. You know, no, don't do that. Again, we're we're because because again, Jesus is our um, Jesus is our example. He's the cruciform um, leader here. So, what is he doing toward his enemies who are you know go to the cross, who are murdering him? You know, they're murdering him on the cross, an unjust action, and he prays for them. And um, he's no, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. And then, and then we have this image of heaping coals, whatever, whatever that means. It could be that bringing them back into the light, you know, so they can see um, what they're doing and come, come all the way home. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And you have these texts in in the crucifixion scenes where um, the narrator tells us what Jesus could do. If he wanted to, like he could call legions of angels, you know, nuke. Yeah. He could nuke all these people. So, so the Bible, you know, wants us to know yeah. that it would be possible for Jesus to act differently from how he is acting on the cross toward his enemies, because right. that we need that ourselves. Mm-hmm. I need to know. Yeah, I could do that to this person. I could hurt them in this one, two, three, four, five, ten ways. So I have to set that next to what God wants me to do. I have to look for a restorative way of engaging this person. And that's when it gets really hard. And it's not easy to do what we're talking about here, but yeah. but we have an example and we have a call. It's it's so interesting how throughout the gospel, it's like Christ keeps ratcheting up our um, our calling to be proactive and turned outward, right? Whenever we think we have a place to to rest or to to you know to to hold hold back onto ourselves, you know, it's not it's not just that we don't take revenge and that we sit and nurse mm-hmm. a secret hatred and maybe pray that God smites them. It's that we're to love our enemies, but it's not even that we're to love our enemies. It's that it's not just like we wait around and if they come and make trouble, we're, we'll be patient with them. It's that no, no, we're looking mm-hmm. outward and saying, wait a minute, does that enemy, does that person I, I dislike and I would rather not be around, are they hungry and thirsty? Well, that actually now places a demand on me, or maybe a better way to see it is an opportunity, something that God's calling me, a bit of mission. He's calling me mm-hmm. to go outside of myself. Because we're, we're in the end, in imitation of God, we're to be people who are t- fully turned outward in love. We are always mm-hmm. facing the other person, fully giving uh, of ourselves to the other person. And so whenever we think we've, we've found a look okay, at this much but no more, he's just like, no, even mm-hmm. more. I want you to turn all the way outward because that's what Christ did. That's the kind of love, the kind of relationship that he's calling us to. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a word that that covers so much of what we're talking about here and it's the word forgiveness and it's that's a complex word and it's not easy forgiveness is not easy it really isn't and uh, and the way we can know that forgiveness is not easy is that the cross the crucifixion of jesus is the way in which god brings about forgiveness for the human race so you know god god doesn't to, to set another idea next to that, God doesn't just in heaven go, oh, 
okay, I forgive you. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it, it isn't like that. It isn't like that. It is yeah. real engagement with the brokenness, getting down inside of it and participating in the undoing of it by doing the right thing. And so right. not repaying evil for evil, but doing good instead. So you know, we, we learned a little phrase even, even before we were Catholics about um, responding in the opposite spirit. You know, whatever your enemy is doing to you, whatever your adversary is doing to you, respond in the opposite spirit. Whatever the opposite thing of that would be, um, you, you go that way because you're trying to change the, the trajectory. And um, our faith, our Catholic faith, calls us to do that. We are, we are given this ministry of reconciliation. And um, so, but it's hard work. Forgiveness isn't just, it doesn't just happen in the mind. It does right. happen in the mind, but not only in the mind. It happens in the real world of, yeah. of engagement and, and reality. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard. Yeah. It, it, it always it bears uh, reminding that, again, when we talk about forgiveness, we're never talking about uh, pretending that evil isn't real. Right, pretending that sin didn't happen, pretending that evil did not occur, pretending that wounds were not uh, given, in, right? Inflicted, that would be yeah. that would be yeah that would be in that would be unjust. That would be uh, turning right. away from reality. When we say we, it's funny, but this comes up really practically in in home life when our kids have done something wrong and we're having them apologize. They're not to say the person who's forgiving them isn't to say it, it's fine, it's okay. It's like no, 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 exactly. No. We are to go to each other, and I am sorry for doing this. Would you forgive me? And the and the person, yes. the, the kid, we trying to help them, encourage them to. I forgive you because the point is, yes. There's there's not a dismissal that something bad happened. There's an acknowledgement right. and a choice to forgive, and so that yeah. that that maintains yeah. the reality. Know that sin is real. That this stuff really happened. People really got hurt, um, mm-hmm. and so in the in in forgiveness, there's a and an, a recognition of the reality of sin and evil, but then a choice in love to respond differently to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good. As we, I know we're coming in for a landing here in a, in a few minutes, so we can probably run with that thought for a few sure. minutes. That that yes, in this work of reconciliation, we're not dismissing evil. God, you know, when God is reconciling the world to Himself in the cross, He's calling. Um, what has happened, what it actually is, sin, um, that the Son of Man has come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the the entire um, theme of the cross and how that happens in Scripture is bound up with the idea of sin and God saying that sin has happened and that sinfulness needs to be made right and you know the unrighteous needs to be reversed so these are terms that we uh we are we need to get comfortable with in the sense that yeah and these are things that happen in relationships too people do sin against us you know in what they do and we sin against others in in what we do to them and that sin needs to be dealt with in a cruciform way um and forgiveness being sort of the path that that guides it now but the forgiveness takes on different dimensions and and works in different ways 
Um, yeah. they, they are very practical. Their forgiveness is, is very much an action, not just a feeling. I think it's both. You know, I mean, I think it's a disposition of the mind and the heart, but then it's also what I do in the real world, in the concrete world of experience toward my the person who's hurt me. Um, and it isn't just passive, it's active. Um, yeah. So there's another really hard text of Scripture that we could read in one of Paul's other letters that talks about this. And then just a couple of uh, final ideas and, and whatever you have too, John Mark. But sure. Ephesians chapter 4 now is another exhortation about the cruciform nature of, of reconciliation relationships. It says in verse 25, Therefore, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, for we, we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may have something to give those in need. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion that it might impart grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here we go. Here comes the cruciform language in the last two verses. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, at the end of that, we could ask a question. How did God in Christ forgive me well right. at the cross and so i am to go to the cross and embrace the cross and live out a cruciform way of engaging with people when i've been sinned against as even as god himself has been sinned against and as god has forgiven me i am now to live that out in the way that i engage in broken relationships that's going to be a cross-shaped kind of a thing. There's going to be sacrifice involved. There's going to be forgiveness involved. There's going to be sometimes our enemy just can't pay us back, no matter what you know we ask them for. They can't. They don't have it to give. It's gone. It's lost. Like Adam, he can't give God back a perfect human being. That's broken and shattered on the ground. It's you can't put it back together again. So God takes that upon Himself to bring humanity back up to its high place through the incarnation. Yeah. And we got to look for, okay, how do I do this? You know, how do I do this? And when we get, when we get these litanies in scripture, these contrasts between, you know, put aside malice and resentment and all, all mm -hmm. those things. And mm -hmm. again, it doesn't leave us at just don't do those things. Right. It's that, no. And in fact, go in the opposite direction to the place of, uh, I don't have the litany here in front of me, but you know we're actually doing good to those people. Mm -hmm. And how do we get from mm -hmm. A to C? Mm -hmm. Like that's, and mm -hmm. it, it's important I think to re, to keep in mind in the Christian life that sometimes when we when we do try to look ahead and imagine this cruciform journey, that sometimes we are trying to imagine C, you know, this this destination, uh, and we can't imagine it. Like I I I feel resentment. I've been wounded. I'm angry. And I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to turn around to my enemy and and be kind to them and to love them. And I can't imagine it. And we have to keep in mind that that's part of the point here. 
we're not saints. We're not. We're not yet <laughs> like Christ in the way that we ought to be. And so, yes, right. it, it can't fit in our mind. We don't have the categories for it. So it's in right. faith. It's a little bit in a place of darkness in faith that we sometimes we enter into that. Say, okay, yeah, as a first step, I'm not going to retaliate, but I'm going to carry this cross and trust that I will be given the grace to get to that place where not only am I not retaliating, but I'm actually turning around and facing them like Christ in love. And I mm-hmm. can't imagine it now, but that's part of the point is that I'm being, uh, I need to be transformed through the renewal of my mind into someone like Christ who could do that, even though I can't quite get it in my head now how that could be possible. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my preacher brain um, is, is looking for words that all start with the same letter here. And, and I have three that can kind of help put all of these things together that we've been talking about, you know, in this um, in this discussion, and they all start with the letter D. Uh, nice. And so, <laughs> so 3D. the first one go. really the, the three three D cruciform life, um, <laughs> and and um, the the first one is disposition. Okay, it's what you just talked about. I don't always know the way that it's going to happen. But the, so the first thing I can do if I want to cruciform relationship with my enemies, with people that harm me or that I've harmed, is I have to embrace a disposition. And the disposition is to turn toward the person right. versus aim. to turn my yeah. back to them. I'm not going to turn my back on them. I'm going to turn my face to them. Now, that doesn't mean I've taken a single step forward. It just mm-hmm. means that I'm facing them. So in in and again we have God as our example. God turns His face to us even when mm-hmm. we sin. In Scripture, He says, "I'm I'm not giving up on you." You know, in the in the proto evangelion or proto the pre gospel in Genesis three, He says, "I'm going to fix this." Basically, I'm going to send yeah. a redeemer. That's God looking at the mess and turning His face to us. And He so you could use this language: our disposition is to make a commitment to be constructive toward the person who we're now in enmity with. What that looks like, we don't know yet. But can I make a commitment in my heart to be constructive toward you? Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll check yes on that box, but I don't know what to do. Well, that's the second D, and these are the dynamics, uh, the Mm -hmm. specific relational steps that I'm going to take in my interactions with you. Now, I can only do, the scripture wants me to do good things, things that don't bring about more harm and more brokenness. So there may be things that my enemy does toward me where I'm like, whoa, I I can't get involved in that. That's going to bring about more hurt, but I am still facing you. I am like, I can't get in the same room with you, maybe. You're not safe, but I'm still going to look for a way to be constructive toward you. When I find it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to turn my back on you. So the dynamics have to do with steps that I can take that move if we're if we're this far apart that I can move this far. Yeah. You can move this far. Now if you go do something you shouldn't do, I'm I'm staying right here. I'm not going any further. I'm not moving any further, but I'm still facing you. And until we like we're working out dynamics to the point where maybe we can eventually be back into a harmonious relationship, which is really the third D, and that's the destination that you talked about. The destination is we're in some measure back in fellowship again. The the challenge here, this is someone will be thinking as they listen to this, well, the person that I hate or that I'm that I had a bad relationship with, they're gone. 
they, they've died maybe, or I'll never see them again, or you know, our, our paths will never cross. Well, I still have work that I can do internally in terms of my disposition. Um, right. I can say if I ever did see them again or when I'm in heaven and see them or like I, I still have my stuff to work out. I'm going to have my disposition about being constructive with my memories or my bad experiences. And I might need to work through some things in my practical life that if we were in the same room, this is how that might look so that you can still yeah. work on forgiveness even when the person's not there. I find that list a really good one. And I, I love the disposition part. That first step is so significant because mm -hmm. this is this is true mm -hmm. even, even before we get to that other person. In dealing with our own wounds so often, uh, you know, psychologically, emotionally, like the first difficult step for people has to be to turn to simply face the reality of, of mm -hmm. the, like what has actually happened, you know, and so much of the, um, so much of the, the stagnation, so much of the, the, the parts of our life where we're not able to progress forward come down to the fact that, that we may still be trying to do good stuff, but at some level of our being, mind, heart, we're not really turning to face the reality of those wounds, that mm -hmm. disposition, that, mm -hmm. that the first step always has to be a turning to a reality, a painful reality, a reality of our wounds, a reality of our failures. But in turning to that, which may even make the obstacle seem bigger in some sense, um, sure. but it also then allows God to then inspire us to how to, to, how to work it out. When we, when we are right. always turning away from the difficult realities, in a, in a different sense, they get bigger and bigger and more insurmountable. But as soon as we turn to face them, well, now God can begin to give us the next right step in addressing the difficult realities. Yeah, amen. And this can be my, my final uh, contribution to this part of our ongoing discussion, John Mark. But I would say, you know, to myself, to you, and anybody who might be listening, especially as Catholics, um, what do I do right now? Like I, this, this episode mm -hmm. has popped something loose. I'm thinking about it. I know like it's, it's stirred something up in me. What should I do? Well, you have you have a dwelling place. You have a church that you can go to. You have a you you can go to your parish church. You can go to a, a chapel. Uh, you can go into your own your own place of prayer. If you have a crucifix in your house, even if you have a rosary uh, somewhere nearby, I would encourage you to to get to a cross quickly <laughs> and spend some time. Get yourself to a cross. Hurry, but right. but seriously. Get in front of a cross of some kind, even if it's your rosary crucifix in your hand or something in your house, and take what you've heard and thought about in this episode and spend some time meditating before that cross and, and talking out loud to God who's been offended, God who has been harmed and, and, and he's been hurt by our rebellion and our disobedience and has, has fixed it in the cross. So he knows what it feels like. Um, get with him via the cross, meditate on this wound, this hurt, either that's been caused to you or that you've caused. And you can do the first thing probably, and that's the disposition part. Turn toward that person in your heart and mind, and then look for maybe just one thing that God wants you to do. That's that first dynamic, that first step back toward um, yeah. what may be a long path that leads to reconciliation, but that, that moves the needle. Do it with the cross. Keep the cross ever before you as you walk through uh, that journey, uh, that cruciform journey of, of restoring relationships. Amen.
And, and don't don't underestimate the power of prayer there. That may be the first step in many of these broken relationships, that just I'm able to turn to that person in my heart. Maybe for the first time I can truly pray for them, for their good. And that, who mm. knows what that might unlock in your heart, if we can at least take that Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to hate somebody that you're praying for, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. that, that is yeah. a really good good step. Good step. Yeah. Yeah, well... Thanks, Kenny, again for this discussion and for uh, all these reflections. Good, good scripture study here. I'm, I'm going to get myself to a crucifix as soon as possible here. Um, and thank you, you know, for joining us for this discussion, viewer and listener. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Hope there was something that was edifying, challenging, hopefully inspiring and encouraging to you. Again, Deep in Christ is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We are, like like Kenny, uh, uh, people who have come to embrace the Catholic Church uh, and are, are living this, this Catholic life, learning uh, and sharing it with others. Uh, we're a network of people who are on that journey. And so if that's you, know that this is your network. We're here for you. We're your brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to walk that journey with you at whatever stage that you happen to be. And again, as, as we said with the last episode, this topic is one that people are often wrestling with on that journey. You know, the they they we all have broken relationships, uh, no matter what, uh, where we are in our life. But then, if if God is calling us to become Catholic, to make that next step in our Christian journey, well, that introduces new crosses into those relationships, and so uh, that's just something we have to keep praying about, keep encouraging each other with, and that's again why the Coming Home Network is here. So check us out at chnetwork.org. Be sure to jo- join our online community. And continue to walk the journey with other people who, you know, like you, are trying to enter into this cruciform path of discipleship that we've been discussing here. Uh, and we'll be back next week for more, uh, more of this discussion, more of this study. So God bless. We'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.